Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the billboards. Getting stupid and feeling proud. We're going to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them billboards. Hands up for them real ones. Well, hello, everybody, and happy June, and welcome to another edition of the Bill Buds Podcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC. With me, as always, my co-host with the Triforce, JJO, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how's it going? It's great. I'm exploring the kingdom of Hyrule with um, all my fucking ghost buds. I thought you fucking might be, Johnny, which is why, which is why for this episode and this episode alone, I pulled a ringer. And I asked, didn't actually, we'll get into it, old friend of the show, Artie Parrot, back on the show so that Hello. we could fill the dead air that you were going to create with your Zelda riffs. <laughs> well, that's, oh man, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be playing Zelda. Okay, this is a big problem for me. I thought you called me in because you needed someone to play Zelda on the show. You're, you're, I said, you're not playing Zelda. JPC, you're not playing you're just watching into this arnie welcome 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 you're the first ever uh second double guest you're the first ever yeah. return guest right wow. to the bill buds pod yeah yeah well, technically i've been on three episodes because i was on that secret bonus one. Oh, that's wow. right okay. that's right where you reviewed my album to my face <laughs> yeah <laughs> all it took was arnie texting me i want to come on bill buds and talk about this kesha album and i said okay sure that's fine yeah you can that's great no mm-hmm. i'm not playing uh tears of the kingdom tears of the kingdom is that right Yep, that's correct. That's the name of the uh, the thing. Uh, Mariah is playing it, and I'm happy to let her play it. I, I didn't play Breath of the Wild till like a year and change after mm. it had come out anyway, so I'm fine waiting. And I don't like saying this, but Diablo 4 is now out, and I'm avoiding – I've already downloaded it. I've already purchased it. So I'd never buy another Blizzard game again. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Big mistake to say that. I haven't started playing it yet, but I know as soon as I do, I'm gone. I'm lost. I'm I in the wind. I love that you've, you've done like the two reprehensible parts and are now denying <laughs> yourself like the good part. I know. You're like, I don't, I, know. I did, I bought it and now I own it and I'm not going to play it because I don't fucking deserve this. I, I had a busy day today and Mariah, I told Mariah I had a little bit of a break and I said, I have an hour. I could play. I could play Diablo for an hour. And Mariah was like, yeah, you should like, take a break. Play Diablo for an hour. And I was like. It's a trick. No way. No way. And I took the dog for a walk. I was like, I'll, I'll be in the yard. So what I'm understanding is Johnny's going to play Zelda, you're going to play Diablo, and I'm just going to get to monologue about this Kesha album, which actually, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah, you could just it does seem like a take it from show. here. Yeah, sure. Hey, okay, everybody, it's me, ATP on the ones and twos, and I got my boy Johnny OJJ with me, and nope, that, of I'm course, busy. over there is JPC, and we are going to be coming at you live from the Bill Buds Not I'm a barbarian. I'm in hell. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried to start hosting, but I, I lost steam. I don't know what to do from here, so take it away. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do. Well, Arnie, let's start with this. I got a text yeah. message from you begging to talk about this album so i gotta yes. ask you we're talking about another johnny another this is fucking this is we're on a roll now another 2023 album this one came out just like a month ago this is kesha's gag order this is her fifth studio album give us your experience what 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 was it that you absolutely had to talk about this album on the show 
So I've always been like an unapologetic Kesha fan. Like I think she's always okay. gotten a pretty bad rap for being like a like a like a sort of lazy lyric generic white trash pop artist and I've always felt mm-hmm. like she does really interesting cool stuff and I've followed her like just as a person I've always kind of enjoyed I I, I mean like I I think she gets a bad rap and I always try to stand up for people who I think do better work musically than everyone else uh, thinks so I've always loved her stuff sure. I've listened to every album a ton and this album came out, and of course, longtime listener, friend of the show, Claire Parrott, my sister, who loves it when we talk about her in these episodes. Um, she truly does. She uh, uh, directed me to listen to this, saying it was interesting. And I was like, whoa, Kesha being mm. interesting? I'm, I'm curious. I gotta say, I, I gotta stop you right there, because every time you come on the show, yeah. you bring a piece of knowledge yeah. that 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 leads us to know that Claire is the guest that we should be having on yeah, the show. Okay. Because every you, single time. She does listen. You do not, correct? She actively so listens. She texts me when to listen. This is you're just funneling we're, we're get we're getting secondhand Claire here. Yeah, so she sent it me a bunch sucks of things the she first wanted. Thing to that say. you said was like Claire had an opinion and I'm here to talk about it. It's like we we got we have enough white guys on the show, Artie. We should be having Claire on. I mean, you won't hear me disagreeing, but anyway, what I did was I took action and I made it happen. That's right. I took action and I made it happen. Claire didn't text you. I did. I'm the one who texts. I texted saying, I want to talk about the album. And so I asked Claire what her opinion on each song was, and I have them here, and I'm going to tell you them. Oh, so when you said you didn't take notes, that's because you had Claire take notes and email them to you. Claire took a bunch of notes on this. No, so so yes. Once again, I I don't. I I'm not going to hide behind the fact that my sister is a more intelligent, more active, more proactive, smarter version of myself. But I am more cunning and more ambitious. I'm pr- I'm proud of you for that. You never hide that. I know. You never hide I, that. Um, but yes. Yeah, so once again, some a person who we don't we all know recommended this album to me, and I started listening, sort of like, and I made it about thirty seconds in, sort of going, hmm, I don't know, and then like something happened. And it just like I let the whole thing sort of wash over me, and immediately all I wanted to do mm. was listen to it again. And so, basically, I texted you probably after my like fourth listen through, and it must mm-hmm. have been straight. Like I must have just like gone through it back to back to back. And I texted you like immediately, being like, "I have to come talk about this because no one else would listen to me <laughs> talk about this." <laughs> um, and also, Smart. I was trolling through the Bill Buds Discord. Please join their Patreon, subscribe. It's a really cool thing. Um, and I saw people saying that you'd never done a Kesha album. That is one hundred percent true. That is was kind of crazy because, like, it seems like it's like just a thing you guys would love to do. Like Kesha's. Bops and bangers through and through. I assumed you would have covered it at some point, but you didn't. So now we're starting with probably the worst example of a Kesha album. Well, <laughs> but I will say this. Maybe. I'll say this, Ernie. This was my first Kesha album that I've ever listened to a whole album's worth of Kesha. I've heard of, like, same. A- almost all of her singles, but this is my first yeah. album. Okay, I heard well, the song that she did with Eurovision contestant Flo Rida. <laughs> <laughs> What? What was? I don't know. What is? It's oh, Eurovision. Wait, uh, Florida. Florida was Florida. Was Florida representing uh, Florida? Flo, yeah, Florida was representing San Marino. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this isn't a joke. Now. He really was there. I don't know if 
I can't tell if you think I'm joking or not. Well, we're all kind of working through it together, Johnny. So let's figure out. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was a real doozy to watch it. Wow. But but Kesha was not featured on the Eurovision song. No, You're talking Kesha about, was not. What's a, the Flo Rida Kesha song called? Uh, you spin, you spin right My round. You right round. Right, right round, right round. When you go down, when you go down, go down, 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 down. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Thank you so, so much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and I, I, for me, Kesha is a blind spot in that, like, I'm aware of Kesha. I like a lot of the singles. I just I just don't think I've ever listened to, like, a, a Kesha album before. Sure. I actually, I, now that now that I have already said that I have listened to a Kesha, have, have never listened to a Kesha album before, uh, that is incorrect. I realized that I listened to, oh, shit, she's had a, a lot of albums. I, I must have listened to... High Road, when that came out, mm-hmm. that was her. Was that the first? Was the was that the first one? Like after all of the Doctor Luke stuff, uh, it's the first one that like like yes, that came out after all of that stuff came out. It was yes. still kind of during yeah. Doctor Luke stuff, so to speak. Then that's the one that I have listened to. Yeah, the one with Pran on it. Is that right? Yeah. Um. No, not praying. That's the one before. So this album, Gag Order, uh, this album, the one that we're talking about today, this is her fifth studio album, and it's her last album with uh, Kimosabi Records, which is Dr. Luke's record labels. And I guess, you know, we don't have to go through the whole Dr. Luke thing on this podcast, but it's it's important because that's what this, this the, you know, the subtext, the subtweet of this whole album is the Dr. Luke stuff. <laughs> And I was, yes. like, aware of it, kind of, but not really, like, tracking it. And I went and, like, read, you know, the Wikipedia today of, of the whole, like, Dr. Luke saga. And I got to say, yeah, pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked Absolutely up Absolutely yeah. fucked. Completely it, fucked. It's, it's fucked that, like, one of her court cases got thrown out um, because basically what she alleges is that, like, Dr. Dr. Luke raped her in 20... 2008 like you know at the beginning of her career and a bunch of other like just terrible shit and they threw it out because it was like past a statute of limitations and i was like first of all we gotta that we gotta fix that statute of limitations like yeah, that that's... that doesn't seem like 10 years does not seem yeah, like a not statute that of limitations long ago on that yeah um but the the her current case is still going on it's like july of this year is when it's scheduled oh, to be yes. in court We're so currently like they're, in the they're, middle of it yeah the saga, I guess, is not yet closed on, but the saga of her recording contract, which she signed when she was 18, that's the other thing. Mm. You should not be able to sign five album recording contracts when you're fucking 18 years old, or there should be like easy clauses to break out of that, because that's insane to have an 18-year-old sign away that that much. When I, obviously a much different situation, but I remember at orientation for college, part of it was like, hey, uh... Do you want to sign up for a bank account? This is the bank the school uses, and like we have ATMs all over, so it'll be easy. And everyone was like, okay. So I signed up for this account, and it turns out I didn't need to use it because you can use any fucking card in an ATM. And uh, then I just had this account at a bank that I never used. And then, like, once I graduated college, I was like, oh, I still have this like weird fucking account. And I had to go, and the bank had been sold like nine times. So I just had to find whatever <laughs> bank it became and be like, hey, 
I think I have an account here and I would like to not anymore. Yeah, I mean, student loans, pretty unethical. Oh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, like, like yeah. there's, there's, I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's absurd. You're right. An 18 year old should not have a five album contract. And, you know, it, it's, it's, isn't it nice to, to know that the music industry is just as fucked up as like Hollywood? Isn't it nice to take a distracting yeah. break from the misery of films to, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's the entertainment that. industry is rotten all the way down to its core. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it turns out that even though the industry is rotten to, to its core and that it seems like that Kimasabi Records really did limit the, what Kesha was able to do on a lot of her albums, seems like this album, she kind of did do her own thing. Which leads me to my next question for you, Arnie, because, well, I'll get some of the stats on this thing. Um, it was released on May 19th, 2023. It is 13 tracks, 38 minutes and 53 seconds. I said it was her fifth studio album. It debuted on the Billboard Top 200 at number 187. And I was like, yeah. whoa, that's wild for a Kesha album. But again, I read that it's because the record label kind of fucked her over. And did not give her a big release. They didn't put her retail in a lot of stores. They didn't do a lot of marketing behind this album because it was the, their last album. And as, presumably, like, Dr. Luke, you know, doesn't want the gag order album doing well. I, I just it's the, yeah. the politics of this thing are completely fucking wild there. And, and yeah, and it's also like, yeah, it's it's an album that tries to directly subvert. The, the thing that is pushing it and releasing it and obviously the the machine doesn't want it to do well so like yeah exactly. it gets it got suppressed you know i mean uh, so much i never saw it on spotify like literally if you search for it I, I when i searched for it when i was first looking for it i found like singles and I, f I found like this weird it took me like 10 clicks to get to the actual album as opposed to if i search anything mm -hmm. else it's just like the first thing that pops up like so so it, it's just you know we can't ever prove there's shady shit happening behind the scenes but it is weird to me that this album is has it's, done so poorly yeah it's i didn't fucking maddening know that it came out until you were like i want to do this same mm -hmm. truly no one, I, I don't know how i would have heard about it my sister would have texted you yeah <laughs> your sister texted you and you texted us <laughs> uh -huh. and that's how we would have heard about <laughs> that's it how you guys learn about music um, yeah, the the other thing about this album, and Arnie, this is what I want to get your opinion on, mm -hmm. is she the primary producer she worked with on this album was Rick Rubin. Absolutely. I mean, Rick Rubin's got his stinky little fingers all <laughs> over the music business. <laughs> but I want to know what, what is your what is your opinion of Rick Rubin and and kind of his production work? So, Rick Rubin is like is yeah one of the giants in this. He's worked with everybody yes. forever, and he. Yeah. This album is 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 kind of covered with his influence. So the things I guess he's famous for, I would say the most are he's he's kind of into minimalist production. He believes a lot in paring down stuff and like removing um a lot of background sort of uh clutter and really pushing forward mm -hmm. like like pretty pure and simple front lines with really sort of minimal but very snazzy production behind it. And that, I think every track on this album is, like, dripping with that very, like, even though there's a lot of big sounds, he's oh, not yeah. known for, like, small sounds, but, like, it's it's very, like, unified. There's not a lot of things happening in the background that are, like, superfluous. So he's very into that for idea. Sure. And he's also a very spiritual guy. 
and like 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 mm. on a on a he he's 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 very interested in music and spirituality and this album i think obviously has a ton of that tie-in with the you know like there's there's ramdas there's a there's a bunch of like modern sort of philosophy religious thinkers that show up and some lyrics lyrics like that and just the general musicality of it is both minimalist and kind of rooted in this idea of like the connectivity of nature and all this other stuff so i think he kind of i think he shaped a ton of this album but i also think that he and kesha met and a very like i think they both wanted to do the exact same thing and i think maybe that's why for me yep. it's a very effective piece hmm. is because both of them sure. i think wrote to both of their strengths and what they needed and he was ex- like to me exactly the right producer for this thing it's the it's it's not machiney at all it's very organic it's very interesting hearing you talk about rick rubin because i know that he's all over the fucking place mm-hmm. but I don't think that I could listen to something and say, "Oh, that's that's Rick Rubin." And and you you can it seems, which you makes sense, you're like a music guy, but it it I couldn't help but think about Jack Antonoff, who is also in everything, mm. and I can hear something and be like, "Oh, that's fucking Jack Antonoff." Yeah. Like, immediately and it's it's interesting. i think if you if you had listened to more rick rubin stuff i feel like you would be able to get there because like the the jack antonoff thing i think is like a proximity thing because it's like you you hear enough jack antonoff and all of a sudden now you can hear it but i feel like i've heard just as much rick rubin and even on this album yeah. like nothing felt samey to me like everything was very different but it all felt it. like um you know, you could tell it was all on the same album, but I was oh, never like, says. oh, there it is. There it is. Whereas like other albums where you've got that. Well, so yeah, it's so Jack Antonoff production is very, we, we don't have time to talk about what a producer is <laughs> because it's such a crazy thing, but like production is so wide in scope mm-hmm. and there's so many things that sort of make this job, this job. And I'm trying to think of like a, a comparison you can make to like an artist or something like that that's a little more tangible. But Rick Rubin is broadly known for like sound and style. Um, and even if they may contrast and they may like feel different, they all share this sort of strange overarching sensibility, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Jack Antonoff is known for much more like specific things. Like, like this may, this like, like Jack Antonoff is famous for like the way he produces vocals all sure. sound very similar, which is not necessarily like, like he uses the same vocal production or he uses the same kick or like like the, mm. he uses the same thing throughout them to make his have a distinctive cohesive sound using the specific waves. He whereas brings Rick his Rubin is like loops presets. Yes. Whereas and- <laughs> Rick Rubin has like ideas that kind of transition. Interesting. Through. I think I think the easiest way to understand this is if you do if you um, make a, make it a food like metaphor. So let's make it if, a food if, metaphor, baby. If Jack Antonoff and Rick Rubin are both chefs, Jack Antonoff okay. knows how to make a really good Rubin. Okay, and any artist he Whoa. works with, he's going to oh. make a solution of the Jack Antonoff Rubin. Whereas Rick Rubin. <sighs> He goes into your kitchen and he just starts jacking Antonov. So he's really, <laughs> he makes a jack and Anta struggle it off. 
he's yeah he's rick rubin's gonna open your cabinet see what you got and make your thing like rubin style but jack antonoff is making a, a specific rubin sandwich okay you know Thank as you. much works, as i right? hate to say it that is a salient point mm-hmm. i hate the way it was presented <laughs> but it does make sense one thing that i loved about this was kesha said that when she was working with rick rubin on this album they never once mentioned singles or radio play. That was never a consideration for either one of them. And I think that's very cool because what what it turns out what we're about to hear and what we're about to get is a pop album from two people that are, you know, big in the pop music industry who aren't really interested in making a pop album. They're going to make whatever album that they feel like making that's from inside of them, not like not the other way around. They're not they're not like selling a product, they're selling, you know, an emotion, which I think makes for some fucking really interesting listening. Yeah, that's that I that's very cool. And li- I mean listening to the album, there's I know which ones are the singles, but I didn't hear one and be like, "Oh, that's that's the single." single. Where yeah, exactly. almost every other album, it's pretty obvious. Speaking of, why don't we start listening to a little bit of this album? We have 13 tracks. Uh, let's let's kick it off with track one. This is a little bit of something to believe in. I think it's best we start there. Arnie, what are your thoughts on something to believe in? Well, so it's interesting. This this starts out... <laughs> the first... We didn't hear the first, like, 30 seconds of this, but it is so... There's, like, so nothing. It's just this, like, ambient soundscape for the first 30 seconds of this yeah. song. And then there's just yep. this sudden, just, like, punch, where just goes this, like, bam. It's, like, sin... It's, like like cinema the the generic like trailer noise this like very heavy yeah. bassy horn pad thing comes in and it pounds you with this and this is a very cool track that is kind of the thing that that I almost normally don't like that much where it's very repetitive and it's like a few lyrics mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's just a, a simple sort of melody with all this production stuff over it, but the pieces of it are so cool to me that I was so captivated by it. I love the little melody changes. I love the production on it. It is so lush, and it's so just, like, driving. Um, I was absolutely amped the first time I heard this. I I think... Uh- I, I sometimes I really like repetition and sometimes I really don't. And I think that this song and a lot of the songs on this album do a really good job of it. And it's very like, I don't know, meditative or like a, a, a lot of the songs are like a mantra almost, which is really cool. Yeah, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And this this song, first of all, I love how love it. It's fucking spooky. So, you know, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> Giant's on board with the spooky shit. You know that. I think this is like a great intro to the album. And towards the end, we get that deep, spooky, weird 
you know, monster baby voice. And I love yeah. to hear that monster voice. I, yeah, well, let, I'll let, let JPC give his things first. And I want to talk about that monster baby voice because I listened Ooh. to it again today and I was really curious about something and I wanted to get your opinions on it. But I want JPC's. It's a real baby monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's a real baby monster. I mean, here's the thing I'll say about this song. This is this is like a, a, a classic intro track to an album. It's got that 30 second, like, you know, kind of soundscape thing that goes into this intro track. It, this song feels like Alice down the rabbit hole. This f- song Ooh. feels like we are falling down into what this album will become. Yeah, it's trippy. It's it's deep. It, the 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 mantra aspect of it. She's also, I think, Johnny. Part of the, the repetition is she's like harmonizing with herself yeah. throughout it. So it like it it adds this other layer on top of of the repetition that I really enjoy. Big Bjork vibes from this one as Absolutely. well. <laughs> like I I was immediately in like the. I've never listened to a Kesha album before. Didn't really know what to expect. Didn't know that, that this is atypical of Kesha, but this drew me in. I, I think this is an excellent start to the album. Yeah, I love it's so it is very repetitive the whole time. And then it does that. It's so just never know that you need something to believe in when you know for like, you know, two minutes. And then it does that amazing Mine's been racing like a stallion. And it like totally flips the whole song vibe. And then it goes to the bum, bum, bum. It's only three parts. This whole song is only three parts. But the three parts that are just like, oh, they're like electric to me. Um, And then, yeah, the cool ending. Okay, so I have a theory here. Um, uh, I'm playing my piano. Sorry, I was trying to figure out the key it was in. Um, I think so. This album, this song is in the same key as the second song and that's uh usually okay. a no-no in I, I i'm i'm sorry i know we don't want to talk about music on this show but um but <laughs> so we can edit it out thank we'll you yeah slide. get rid we'll of let it slide. yeah we can so edit this around it. song is in the same key as the second song which is usually something that producers actively try to avoid because you usually want songs to switch because it feels like they're in a different space. So mm-hmm. as a musician, when I hear yeah. two songs are in the same key right next to each other, to me it feels like a very deliberate choice, right? You must have wanted this to flow into the second one organically because it's almost the same tempo too. Like these two songs For are very sure, connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this weird little baby monster voice thing in the middle is clearly pitch shifted, right? Like it's no, JB, it sounds like JPC is using one of his dumb voice things. No, right, I think it's a real baby monster, okay. but continue. First of all, I don't have dumb <laughs> voice things, okay? I have very intelligent, very successful, very useful voice things. Yeah, so some dumb shit like that is what's happening. And and the, uh-huh. the, the, the voice is being shifted. To me, the recording quality also sounds lower. And I'm wondering if this tiny little tag, this thing is just what is the lyrics are kind of chilling to it. It's like, I'm so embarrassing. Um, I'm so used to abandoning myself. I can't believe I'm still alive. Right? Those are the lyrics, which are like kind of fucking scary lyrics. I think yeah. this is like a voicemail or like a note that she wrote. Like, th- I think this is her having an idea uh, for a song. And once again, completely unsubstantiated. And I think it's sure. pitch shifted from whatever key she put it in. I think it's pitch shifted down to the key of this song. And then they just did some producery magic on it. So it works as this weird transition between song one and two, despite it being its own unique melody thing. Those like three lines never show up again. They're just this weird fucking outro slash intro to the two tunes. So I think it's like a pitch shifted voice memo. I'll tell you this. The wild conjecture is welcome here on the Bill Buds. 
All that mm-hmm. other stuff you said about music, that's not necessarily what we're going for here. So <laughs> if you can, if you can continue down. with the wild conjecture, but don't <laughs> okay. tie it back into music, we're going to be good whatever, for the rest of the 12 whatever tracks. Whatever I do, don't relate it to anything musical. Okay, got it, got it, exactly. got it. Exactly. Let's listen to track two. Uh, this is a track called Eat the Acid. I swear to God, I close my eyes. I heard a voice inside my mind. That is a little bit of Eat the Acid. I I wrote down something to say here, and I thought, I don't want to say this. This is I don't want to invite this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not proud of this, but when I was listening to this song, this gave me big Yay West 808s and Heartbreaks like vibes. I don't, does anyone remember that album? I'm mm-hmm. aware of it. Look, I don't want to I... talk about. I don't. I truly don't want to talk about Kanye uh, or Ye on, on the on the show. And yeah, uh, but <laughs> that was a time before before he had like really gone off the edge when like his mom had just died and he was really fucked up and he put up like a fucked up like auto tune album. And I remember listening to it and being like, "No, this is not good." And then like years later, in like 2014, a friend of mine said that was his favorite Ye album, and I was like, "What?" That's your favorite? And I went back to listen to it, and I was like, oh, no, unfortunately, this is very good. Like, <laughs> it's so good. But he does, like, he, he does in that, like, a lot of, like, long, sustained synth and, like, is... auto-teeny stuff. And I was like, oh, this is very similar. It's reminiscent for me. Is that the album that has Love Lockdown on it? Yes, yes. That was, like, the single, I... which is not the best I... song on that album. I like that. I do like that song, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't so even remember I, what. I remember that album. I don't remember the song, so I don't remember what song or that album made me think of this. But whatever. The comparison is is I think totally fair. As much as we don't ever, you know, want to acknowledge this guy, but like, <laughs> Ye is famous for. He uses the human voice as an instrument, right? Like that's kind of the thing that he mm-hmm. his production style. If we're going to talk about defining traits of things, he sort of uses the human voice to make all sorts of instruments and make everything sound very vocal. And this track, and in fact, this whole album has a lot of that. Like, like they use Kesha's yeah. voice, they double it, they move it around, it changes into different things. And this sure. whole album is so much of that. And I don't really know. So I'm a bad musician in the sense that I don't know anything about music. <laughs> um, and Good. so I don't really know if there are artists, if who who were the artists doing this before Ye did it? Because certainly someone else has yeah. done a lot of this stuff. Ye is just sort of the one that made it incredibly popular because he's incredibly popular. Um, but this particular style of like using the vocals to make a ton of production stuff is something that is very common. In fact, I do it a lot 
like literally if you think about the Bill Buds theme, so much of that is just vocals. Like so much of it is me yeah. layering vocals and instead of using instruments, I just have my voice doing it. Like I love the sound of humans as instruments and a lot of producers have. Ye's the one who kind of made it incredibly popular for hip hop and pop. And so it's hard not to say, oh, this sounds like that, but I'm sure there are other producers yeah. who were doing it long before he was. Um, this song also has a really cool thing, too, where it kind of almost has, like, it feels like a duet because mm. one uh, part of Kesha's voice is like kind of more, like less less effect on it. And then there's a part of her voice that is super, has like a ton of effect on it. And it mm -hmm. kind of trades off between those two things, which kind of makes it sound like two different people, not really two different people, but two different voices singing the song, which I think is a very yeah. cool effect. It's basically like, I mean, it's two voices in a song where she's clearly talking to somebody, right? Like you said, don't ever eat the acid. Yeah. And I'm assuming, I don't, once again, I don't know, wild conjecture, this is like a boyfriend or a family, like a, her mom maybe, like someone saying like, hey, don't do acid, which is actually kind of funny. I think that it, is the, the message of the song is very on the nose. Maybe don't do acid. Um, well, she should have mm. called it don't eat the acid because if I'm just scrolling through track names... God, you're so right. It is. Well, maybe that's part of it. Uh, I think I think you are correct. I believe I read that it was something her mother said to her. Yeah. So so her so basically it's like one person saying don't eat the acid and her saying I, I'm kind of like she's discovering spirituality, right? Which is another thing that like acid's sort of famous for is yeah. giving you a trip and seeing God. And I know that's a thing Kesha has talked about before is like is like she's never done acid but has still like had these spiritual experiences talking to God. I saw it all, you know, all that stuff. So it sounds like her yeah. like spiritual awakening came kind of out of like what seems like an anxiety attack that led her to like an epiphany. And then she described it to people and they were like, yeah, that's an awakening. You had an awakening, um, yeah, which it is, sounds like an acid trip, which yeah. is also <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it kind of does sound like, well, a bad acid trip. Uh, but the, the synth at the end of this song, it kind of takes on like a little Stranger Things vibe mm. where it's like, da, 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 da. it's like faster, more anxious. And there was a lot of times in this album where like the anxiety synth kicks in, which is very different than like, duh, duh, yeah, yeah. duh. <laughs> and it's like, da, 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 da. and it's like, it feels like you're being chased. And the end of this song like ends in a fun swell yeah, where, right. that you think is going to go into the next track, but it kind of doesn't. It like resets to the next track. It's, it's I, I liked that choice. I also, once again, not to bring musicality into it too, but this song has what's called a modulation in it, which is um, where it's the the riff starts out in a minor key, and the last time you hear it, it's in the relative major key of that. And I think it's a very like uplifting thing. So the end of this song after the last. Uh, chorus, I think. I don't even... The, the Divine. When she starts talking about the Divine, right? There's like these lyrics, and the Divine, she starts doing that, and then it moves yeah. the same melody into the into the major key and changes all the chords around it and says, you said the universe is magic. Like, it's got all this much more, like, positive connotation, and then it shifts all the way back into that, as you said, like, angsty... Uh, they call it an arpeggiator. This, like, this, like very cool... <sighs> popping synth noise aren't you guys glad all to right, have man, me sing words i do that love an arpeggio final, that is your final warning okay <laughs> I to... johnny I, I i hate to hear you say arpeggio on it when i'm admonishing him for saying arpeggio <laughs> no more saying arpeggio on the bill buds pod we have to move on to track three this is a track called living in my head i hate the idea of someone listening to this and getting the absolute wrong idea of what you guys normally talk about 
They brought a guy who uses music terms on. This guy. I don't want to be here anymore. Sick of all the chaos anymore. Crawling on my skin here on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of myself, you don't know. I don't want to be here all alone. I don't want to do this on my own. a little bit of living in my head uh johnny what are your what are your thoughts here i i really like her voice and i think she when she came when she became like super popular you know back in the day with like tiktok the song not the app Mm -hmm. um and her work with eurovision's flow rida she was like very heavily auto-tuned which i also love don't get me wrong but and she did a lot of like, uh, I don't know. She was kind of like criticized for doing that sort of like talk singing, you know, yeah. like weird, like indie rapping, whatever. Um, yeah. And it's cool to just like, I don't know. I really like the way her voice sounds when there's a lot less production on it. Um, And this is like the third song in a row where it's a lot of repetition and I still don't mind. I really, I wow. like what she's okay. doing. Yeah, this one's a lot of, this is, my first listen through, I was, like everybody, vibing and bopping to those first two songs, which have a beat, and they have like a real like, almost like, hey, we're we're almost dancing, we're kind of nodding our head Mm. in rhythm, and our shoulders are going a little bit, and then I got to this track, and this is where I think I like sat back in my chair, and had the realization that I was like, oh my god, this is like really heavy, like this song hit me emotionally it really i i i i felt a lot of anxiety and sadness and depression and pain coming from her Mm. and from this and i had like this is the first time i really like listened to it and i like i remember thinking like is she okay like this is fucked up like like yeah the little demon baby voice saying i'm so embarrassing why am i still alive like that's fucked up but this just felt like like it just it hit me really hard and i like remember texting my sister and being like i'm three songs in and this is upsetting (laughs) and she didn't have anything to say she she was asleep um so it was my opinion i thought it was upsetting Uh, but yeah i thought this I thought this this track, and then it continues for a little bit. I just thought, oh, this is like really yeah. dark, and actually not something you can just kind of enjoy. Like to me, I felt almost this is the beginning of me as a consumer feeling guilty <laughs> for yeah buying and supporting, trying to support Kesha, and instead fueling things that were actively destroying her. Mm. Um, and this song really hit hard to me. 
It's interesting, Johnny, because I we 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 not too long ago we listened to uh, that Ethel Kane album, yes, which is kind of like this like dark Americana album, and this definitely had some of that yeah. like dark Americana vibes on it as well. I mean, I agree with Johnny. You, you got to be incre- impressed by Kesha's vocal range. She sounds fucking great. I love the way she's like slurring her words and like turning her words into mms in this song as well. And it's yeah. very stripped down. I mean, this is it's also when this is the third song on the album. This is a type of song that you would expect to see like midway through someone's yeah. album. But this is the third yeah. song. It's just like she's taking you on this specific journey. And it's like, this is where I wrote down when I first listened to it. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to listen to a pop album. I don't think anything on this album that I listen to is going to be like a pop record. This is like, this is your fucked up emotional journey that you're taking us on. And and this is, this comes right after two like spooky, spooky bangers. So it's like, it is the, the sequencing is, is definitely not what you would expect from an album from. Yeah, TikTok. Well, she, she does this a few times too, where I think she's she's almost like playing on the like rap speak singing that she got in so much trouble for, and mm. this is the one that hits me the most powerfully. But she does it a few times where she like kind of calls attention to what I guess I'll call old Kesha, Kesha with a dollar sign. You notice she doesn't have a dollar yeah. sign in her name anymore. Um, so this is new Kesha. Something I realized when I was researching this because I was looking up her previous albums, and it's like the first three albums are dollar sign, and the last two are not. Yeah, well, I think that was a, I assume that was a deliberate change and not like, you know, oversight. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> but this, like, I, 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 not to get too much into my personal life, but I have a hard time sleeping. And sometimes when I have a hard time sleeping, things will just be running through my head, songs, uh, things like that. And this just little bridge line that I'm so fucking insecure, I just can't yeah. stand it. It's like barely sung, but it is yeah. sung. God, I hate myself. And it's just like, it's so sticky and so addicting and so just like, I, I just think it's beautiful and every choice about it, like you said, like the, the, the slurring word, she just doesn't do lyrics for one part of it. She just goes like, I'm, f-, you know, she just like, yeah, hums. she like, mm's it. It feels so, oh, it just hit, like, I don't, it just hits me so hard. And this is like literally this, of course, the saddest fucking lines are just like, drilled into my brain and whenever i can't sleep this is what i'm hearing and that's you know probably why i can't sleep now that i think about it we've we've done this show long enough that i understand uh, something about production and it's so interesting how like you will hear this finished version of living in my head but there's probably like 13 to 300 other versions that they recorded but it's like until they find like the sound that that goes most well with what she's trying to convey and i feel like yeah. This like this take of like just kind of slur the words a little bit. It, it, you know, it's like, oh, no, that's the song. Like the song is delivered in yeah. this specific way when it could have been sung crystal clear, it could have been rapped. Like there was other options for this song, but this is the version, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh let's let's yeah, listen to track 4. Let's listen to um Fine Line. There's a fine line between genius and crazy. There's a fine line between broken and breaking. Spend my whole life trying to change what they're saying about me. I'm sick of walking that fine line. Fine line between selling out and being bought. Fine line between famous and being forgot. It's time I'm coming down off of the cross. Sick of walking that fine line.
fine line that is also the moment where i realized that on spotify there are two versions of this yeah. there is an edited version on spotify <laughs> uh, the, the, i guarantee you it's less enjoyable to listen to than this version because they yeah. just kind of like blank out all of the times that she says fuck which is like it makes yeah. that last pre-chorus line completely unintelligible like you don't want to also to incredible commentary on censorship that um probably the least upsetting thing in this whole song is her saying fuck and that's the part they bleep out She's literally mm-hmm. talking about being yeah, exactly. miserable and sad and upset and killing herself. And they're like, uh, but this word's pretty bad. She said the F word. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love the end, that last line. Um, there's a fine line between what's entertaining and what's just exploiting the pain. But hey, look at all the money we made off of me. So <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking good. It's kind of the yeah. thesis of the album, right? Like she puts yeah. this. Is, this, yep. this is kind of like the whole idea of the whole thing is just. Hey, everyone made a lot of fucking money off me exploiting the shit I've been through. And that's like, once again, this is that, like I said, the guilt that I feel listening to this just being like, I couldn't do anything. I didn't know any better, but it doesn't mean that like my obsession with listening to this stuff and, you know, like doesn't in some micro way hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and this is another one where the, where they kind of like, it's, it's. So that if you're if you're looking at Rick Rubin's specific style, this like detuned piano thing is a really good example of it, mm-hmm. where she's just singing "Fine Line Between What I've Been Walking" and there's this like out of tune sort of fadey piano just like playing behind with a little plink plink plink. That's very Rick Rubin. Um, that I, once again, that specific, not the piano, not the out of tuneness, not the reverb, just like all of it combined for some reason to me says Rick Rubin. Um, and. The, although I love once again the sort of like you said the vocal production of she says yeah with with uh what I forget the line but she sings that little riff the truth keeps roaring like a lion and she goes yeah it's just a little singing behind it, and it's so cool it's just so cool yeah and this one truly just has the feeling of Kesha just talking directly to you the audience here like this is Kesha telling <laughs> you what the audience what the album mm-hmm. is about I yep. I I love that. Because we're four tracks in, and she's like, here's what this shit is about. Um, and she's just like, and again, it's all out there. It's out there. Yeah. She's putting it all out there. And it's also done in such a clever way where it's like, this is on, you know, uh, um, Dr. Luke's label. This is an album called Gag Order about her being silenced by him. And this album talks pretty much about everything that she's going through, but she doesn't name any names. She's not trying to get sued. Like she's, you know, she's, she's doing it in like this, like very savvy way where the audience is getting exactly what it's about, but it's not being said. I I love that. That's plausible. That's the fine line. Yeah. That's the fine line. She's walking. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to say before we move on that I could not listen to this track without thinking of the Avenue Q song. Um, 
Well, you can't put out a song called Fine Line without yeah. thinking of the Avenue Q song. Uh, <laughs> but that's more Johnny. I think that's just a uh, way that our brains are broken. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not everybody's brain is broken that way. There's just a fine, fine line between love and a waste of time. Damn. <laughs> really Damn. smart. Uh, truer really words. Smart. Let's listen to track five. This is Only Love Can Save Us Now. Can you believe it? I'm about to blow your fucking head through the ceiling. I'm getting sued because my mom has been tweeting. Don't fucking tell me that I'm dealing with reason. I love a little Kesha scream. Yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe I'm possessed, bitch. Fuck yeah, I'm selfish. Shut up. Eat your breakfast. I would kill for secrets. Oh, my been leaking. I don't got no shame left. Baby, that's my freedom. Only Love Can Save Us Now. This one is more approaching what I would kind of describe as a banger. Yes. The first half of that clip that we listened to felt very what I thought Kesha sounds like yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. And the exactly. second half of that clip sounded like fucking Lady Gaga to me. It, sa- so. it sounds like 2010's Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yes, like yes, gospel yes. to me. I don't know. It's very yeah. like, to me Lady it sounds gospel. like church music. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love sure. the, the switch between those two, though. That was yeah. very fun. Yeah, it's very sudden and jarring, and yet also the second time you listen to it, you're like, this is exactly correct. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought it was jarring. <laughs> this is 100% exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, yep. Yeah, this this one's a banger, absolutely, and this one really has that sort of bridging of, you're right, of like the old Kesha and the new Kesha. Like, she's literally doing like a Kesha verse and then hitting us yes. with like a nice upbeat clap chorus, you know? And so it's like, if anything, maybe this is like, her saying, like, if I could do the pop that I was famous for, this is the kind of thing I would do. You know, I'd be yeah. curious if if she ever goes back to making sort of uh, uh, ba- pop bangers or if or if she doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. But like, I would be curious to see her take on it now, having worked on this album and having sort of dealt with this stuff and see if she even wants to. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I probably would never want to ever again. Yeah, and to a certain degree, I mean, this is your catharsis right here. This whole album is your, as you're saying goodbye, literally letting go of this album contract you've had since you were 18, and the rest of your musical career is yours, you know? It's like, now... Now what she does next is up to her, and I think that that's fucking wonderful. And and and, and I and I kind of love the way that she said goodbye because this is her goodbye to that part of her life, and it it, it fucking works, you know. It's cool that her goodbye album on this label, like in this contract, is just like a big fuck you. And yeah. it's and it's kind of like who cares if it's successful or not? Like they weren't trying; they were like, we just want to say what we want to say. Eat shit. We, yeah. We're getting there too, but like this album, I don't even necessarily think is all fuck you. The first half, I think, is fuck you, but all I, um, only love can save us now. I mean, this is track five. We're already getting to a little bit of like the other side of this. So, like, what she's yeah. gonna come through as, which, which I think is cool. It's like we're, we're taking this journey with Kesha here. Yeah. Let's, let's, while we're on the journey, let's talk about track six. This is all I need is you. 
the cocaine and the pills at every party But who's the one that's gonna care if I can make it home? I can be the soundtrack and the punchline to the story But you know parts of me nobody else will ever know Well, how do I even imagine describing life without the sun? How do some things seem to end just after they've begun? Falling through the galaxy, your hands always in mine All my dreams have come and gone a half a million times I don't need much, but there's one thing I can't lose All I need is you This is a very beautiful song that she wrote about her cat, Mr. Peeps. And I love that. (laughs) Um, I did not know that. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what it was about. (laughs) I don't think I've ever related to a song more in my life. I know that I, 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 I waxed a lot on uh, pet sounds about, you know, all those bullcrap love songs. Uh Um, Uh-huh. But I listened to this and I was like, oh, my God, every single line, this is a perfect song. Every single line, oh, I was Johnny. like, I 100% understand what you're saying. I love my cat so much. Here he is. <laughs> um, Buster heard that and started walking towards you. Really? I, and then there was even the line. Um, oh, shit. Let me pull it up. There was that one line where, where it's like I can go out and party and, and do cocaine or whatever. Um, oh, I can I can have all of the cocaine and the pills at every party, but who's the one that's going to care if I make it home? Oh this God, it's so sad. Yeah. I had I truly and he's I I also I saw I you know I saw what it was about, and it was like she you know it was like when he had he went through some like medical thing, but he, yeah. he's fine. And I texted Jessica and I was like, on this Kesha album, there's this like. <laughs> really sad beautiful song about her cat and then i was like oh she's gonna think the cat died so then i immediately said cat is fine (laughs) (laughs) the cat is fine and buster's fine everybody's fine wow i will say i did not know this was about a cat and i'm learning it right now and it is now an even better song than i could have ever imagined new playlist idea Songs that you think are about people but are about pets. So far, it's wow. this. And there's a Beatles song called Martha, My Dear, that's about Paul yeah. McCartney's dog. Dog, yeah. It's it's funny, Johnny, that you mentioned Beach Boys, too, because the outro in this song has some kind of like doo-woppy vibes to it. It's like a ooze yeah. to it, uh, which is kind of like a, yeah, like a sweet send-off. I, this is a very pretty song. I, I like this song a lot. Um, and it samples also an Indian philosopher named uh, Osho. Osho yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So that's interesting too. I think that the organ, they, they the whole thing's like over an organ too, which is once again like really pushing this automatically. It's it's like a it's like a once again, it feels spiritual and religious to me in a in a just hearing mm. that specific tone. This song has a very like churchy undertone, and not in a not in a negative way, just like I think it was designed to have this sort of you can't yeah. use that specific organ without people thinking like, oh, this is like the quiet, somber organ of a church um, far away, you know. The, there's a, so, there's a lot of like cool. vaguely God stuff on this album. 
Yeah. Uh, let's mm-hmm. listen to track seven. This is a little song called The Drama. That is a little bit of the drama. Uh, all right, Johnny, what do you what do you think about the drama? Uh, sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> I got Buster in your oh, lap. Okay, we'll, Buster's there. We'll go to Arnie. We'll go to Arnie. Uh, Buster's getting his kisses. Uh, Arnie, what do you think of the drama? I'm thinking about Buster now. Okay, well, I guess I'll start. Uh, the synth here is almost disco. It's like a little disco synth beat. I liked that. I, this is, by the way, on an album that is pretty weird. This is the weirdest song yet. I think. <laughs> You think so? Yeah. The um, house cat I think outro, which is like, yeah. <laughs> I love the house cat outro. Big into that idea. Yep. I mean, um, um, singing yeah, I Want to Be yeah. Sedated behind the uh, house cat outro, even better. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, this is very disco. Once again, it's very the like that like one that ding 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 ding. Speaking of repetitive, I think that's the whole song. I think that like whatever that that one yes. like bass synth is going bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing. And the thing is, her vocals she keeps moving them around it, so it doesn't ever like it. It sounds repetitive at first, and then she just starts playing in like a different key, basically, and like moving around this one bass line, so it stays the same, but she keeps moving, and therefore it's still interesting, even though it's the same loop just for two and a half minutes. This this yeah. reminded me so much of something that I cannot put my finger on. But oh, that, no. That, I know. The dun, 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 and her vocals, there's something from like the early, mid-2000s, maybe mid-late 2000s, that this sounded like. The closest I could come was like tune yards maybe, but there's, there's mm. I can't. There's something. So somebody knows what this sounds like. Maybe I just, it's a maybe it's a Rick Rubin out song. Who knows? Maybe. I guess I just have to go listen to you, every Johnny. Rick I'll Rubin be honest. You're song. not giving people a lot to go on uh, with this search, but <laughs> the, just the that. Well, there's not a lot. There's not a lot there. It's yeah. No. On that synth. All right. Specifically with the synth. It's almost the same. Get in the Discord. Let Johnny know what what he's thinking of, please. Say someone found that fucking Coke commercial song. So they did, it, it, but apparently Johnny, that was a very popular song that like everyone. <laughs> I, that was very funny because I have only heard it in that commercial. Uh, uh, we did get a, we did get a few people reaching out about that, so that's that's so, some super sleuths out there that listen to the Bill Buds. Uh, I like this. Um, what was I going to say? There's there's a very specific. Yeah, it has this very specific like '90s dance club like pump up the jam (laughs) kind of feel to it Mm -hmm. um and i enjoy the lead in from this very irreverent 90s dance tune into just like some silly little house cat outro like this song to me is just a very very good 
song of uh, like that reminds me like hey when i'm allowed to do whatever i want this is the kind of fucked up shit i'm going yeah. to be doing and it rules you can't can't tell me it doesn't <laughs> uh in the interest of time i'm gonna move past the ram das interlude which is just yeah, kind yeah, of like a kind of mixed interlude by ram das who was a spiritual teacher and a yoga guy uh, and we'll we'll talk about the next actual song. This is track nine. This is too far gone. It's pride I won't apologize for how I'm feeling. With this ego, I won't be the only one that's bleeding. Maybe all this hate I'm holding isn't helping me, but I'm stubborn. It's mine to keep. Sometimes I add up all my wasted time. Sometimes I just like seeing grown men cry. Think I killed the part of me that I like. There's that like anxiety synth. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good, yeah. Oof. Too far This one is like the definition of leave him wanting more. This is a two-minute song, uh, and it's fucking. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this one. This one's beautiful. This one, this one, she wrote. This is wild. She wrote this song after ending a secret engagement to a boyfriend that she is still close with. Wow, secrets on secrets. That's kind of crazy. Imagine yeah. how do you feel as that boyfriend listening to this? Hey. I know we're not engaged anymore, but I wrote this song about you <laughs> called Too Far Gone. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's, it's also interesting to have like a secret engagement, but I guess if you're going to be engaged to a pop star, you it, yeah. like that isn't as weird to make it a secret engagement, you know? I think that this song is a wonderful example of something that Kesha gets criticized for in other albums. And I think I talked about this when we talked about the Miley Cyrus album, too, is this idea of sometimes people think her lyrics are underwritten, right? They say she just Mm -hmm. says, you know, she just, like, says basic shit. And in the context of, like, a banger pop song, you know, like, like, underwritten is, like, so close to being, like, profoundly simple, right? Those are, like, two, two very very um close things and i think this whole album and this song in particular i just love the lyrics on it so much um is such a good example of just like simple writing unpretentious never like like something that she could easily have been criticized for in an earlier album of just saying it like it is and just being very simple and instead in the context of all the different production under a different producer who actually like values her time and her energy you know like it actually reads as so much more profound and so much more um spe- like 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 just connected um and this this i think lyrically is one of my favorite songs on the album one of my favorite lyrics on this album which which is in this song which is i think i killed the part of me that i like oh that's yeah. brutal mm. oh yeah. The, the first time I listened to this album, I was biking and I was biking home from something. So it was like night and it was dark. Oh, and this is this song. I mean, a lot of these songs, but this song, especially with that, like mm. kind of, you know, it's like spooky. There's like that anxiety synth. Um, Great biking music. I was going to say, night. what a what a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, Johnny loved this one because in the chorus, she says, am I missing you or am I missing pieces of me? And Johnny takes no opportunities to uh, not find a love for one of his top 100 albums of all time, Ashley Simpson, and her hit song, (laughs) Pieces of Me. You know, so many, there's Pieces of Me, Piece of Me by Britney Spears, and Pieces of You, the Jewel album, all Mm -hmm. phenomenal works of art that we'll eventually cover. type. This one in the pantheon of the pieces pantheon. This one falls in <laughs> another there. another playlist songs that reference yeah pieces. another playlist uh, songs <laughs> that reference pieces of something <laughs> pieces speaking of a of, person. Speaking of, let's listen to yeah. track ten. This is a little song, Johnny. You'll love this called "Peace," not spelled the way that you like it. Yeah. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that auto tune! Fuck yeah! Woo-hoo. Like, yeah, there's so many cool so auto tune moments on this one, and this one's again, yeah, it contains a lot of old Kesha. Like the 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 verses feel very like, hey, I'm redoing my like speak rap style, and then with this yeah. insanely cool new sort of like vocal production and minimalist drum beats underneath it, it's just so cool. Um, I I fucking love this song, but I will the the only thing that I will. The, the, I have a I have I have a note from someone much like our, all of Arnie's notes are from someone else. Um, I don't I don't care about this as much as she does, but something that Jessica like whenever a song does this, she's like, "I'm out. I fucking hate this. This is like <laughs> unforgivable." It, and, and she does this in this song is just like listing the days of the week, <laughs> oh. and she she's just like immediately like, "That's it. I'm done. I'm done." Yeah. Um, <laughs> So when I heard this, I was like, "Oh, well." Hey, sorry. In Jessica's in Jessica's defense, I do think that the bridge maybe is the weakest part of this song, but I I think that I'll take that bridge every day for when, the, in the pre-chorus, she switches into the auto tune that gets you into the chorus with that. But I would be lying if I said I could do peace and quiet, and it's like it's such it's so auto tuned, and that yeah. just launches you into the fucking chorus, and then she comes back out of it. I fucking love that. And also, again, I'm talking about eight oh eight and heartbreak a lot, but we have crazy auto tune and a lot of stuff about Jesus. I mean, that's <laughs> that, we're, now we're in, now we're in Ye's ballpark. Oh, like, that's no. his whole shit. Um. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if this song specifically, but a lot of this album reminds me of, I don't know if you guys listen to this, but um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, the Fiona Apple mm-hmm. yeah. album. Yeah. This we haven't done it on the show, but I've listened. To me, a, 
it, to me, it has a ton of parallels to that. And it's just like all these weird, yeah, these weird like vocal lines. This one specifically has like a very metallic feel to it. This whole song has yes. very like, you know, and, and I love that. That so much of this album is so organic and so feels very natural. And then the bop shows up and it's this really cool, heavily machined piece that is no less good than all the like very genuine, very, uh, very naturalistic ones. The two like elements that I'm hearing a lot on this album too are this like this, well, not even elements, but the feelings that I'm getting are these like anxiety like there's like like lots of like synth anxiety that i feel like appears on this album combined with some of like kesha's like kind of like angelic harmonies yeah. and vocalizations and it's like you you can feel conflict it, th- both of those things together mean conflict like you're anxious and you're like transcending and all of those things are happening at the same time and this ending is the ending to the song, Johnny. I know you didn't care so much for the bridge, but the ending is really cool because it gets it ramps up at the very ending, and then it ends. This mm-hmm. there's like a swell into a shh. I love that, and it's abrupt yeah. after that. To be clear, I didn't have any problems with this song. <laughs> it's just the, I just I just feel like if I defend. didn't bring it up, yeah. Jessica would be mad at me. <laughs> You know what? There are th- there are some times where Mariah says, I don't like something. And I say, you know what? I never even thought about it before. But guess what? I'll, it's easy for me to just say, I don't like it either. Why not? Well, hey, we're, I, we respect, you know, the, we, the differences of opinions in this house. You know, maybe Monday she'll think one thing. Tuesday, I'll think something. <laughs> Wednesday, we might agree. Hold Thursday. on. My mind is being blown right now, Johnny. <laughs> Does Jessica not like the fucking Happy Days theme? What is wrong with her? No, hey, in her defense... The best song ever? There are are two Happy Days themes. Okay. She fucking hates one of them, and she loves the other one. Uh, Okay, wait, look, we're going to skip over track 11, even though it's cute, because it does feature her niece uh, talking, which I think is fun. But it's it's an only love reprise. It's another little, like, one-minute reprise track. Uh, And we'll go to the next song. Let's talk about track 12. This is Hate Me Harder. Spending all that time and energy wasted on me. It's so flattering. You say I look like I just cried out of a trash can. You say I'm obnoxious. <laughs> Nobody was asking. Fucking funny. It's fucking funny. <laughs> I got nothing left to prove. So if hate that me helps you love yourself, then do your worst, baby. Give me help. Oh man! I'll be honest. I don't usually do this, but I was very intrigued by this Kesha album. So I started reading some reviews that people had written, Mm. and a lot of people were saying that like the production kind of fell off in the back half. I saw that too. That's a weird thing. And I was like, "What? I couldn't. I could not disagree more." I, I, I was like. 
the back of the album, I feel like, really comes alive. And even this, this is just kind of what we had before. It's like stripped down. It's very vocals forward, and it fucking rules. And just because there's not a lot of shit going on doesn't mean they didn't do it intentionally. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I saw. To be fair, I also saw some reviews that were like, "This is a, uh, you know, a weird, emotional, perfect journey that she's taking us on." So mm-hmm. it's like I, I'm way more in the camp that like. Everything here is done so much on purpose, but I, this is another banger. And Arnie, I have a question for you yeah, about this up? song. This song, the progression of this song screams like end of the album. Is that just like, I mean, I'm also listening to it and it's the end of the album. Is that just me putting that on there? Or is there, does there feel something like there's something musically going on that tells you that things are coming to an end? Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I never really thought about it like that. I never thought about like the end of the album aspect of it, but this mm-hmm. is like a um there is a finality to these chord changes. And without going into like once again, what is a chord? Why are they changing? Not going to try to talk yeah, about I'm, music in front of you guys. I'm getting but, dangerously um, close to the line with this question. But. <laughs> yeah, but um but the the progression used is very like careful. <laughs> it's very. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What's it's good? Shit, crazy. Arnie, you can say good or you can say bad. <laughs> tri- tri- triumphant. I would say it's triumphant. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Well, fine. Oh, it is. It, this is so interesting that you brought that up, JPC, and that you, Arnie, have referred to it as triumphant because during the chorus, I. Could, it must be the same progression as the song my hometown from eurovision the story of fire saga (laughs) i it's it's the same oh it's a song that that wins in eurovision i don't know that Um, not to bring up eurovision again on this but yeah you i I assumed it was a callback to all the other times you've brought up eurovision Johnny, real quick, can you tell me the name of that song again? It's called my, it's called Husavik, my hometown. If you just search my hometown Eurovision, it will come up. Will Ferrell and <laughs> Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'll listen to it right now while you guys are offering and I'll tell you if it's the same progression. Okay. Man, what a what a wonderful skill. Yeah. I literally having Arnie here, I wrote in my notes a question for Arnie and I was like, yeah, I definitely need Arnie to. And then I mean, it's undeniable here. Kesha has an amazing voice. Like, yes, her, her yes. fucking voice is so strong. It's so unique. It, it th- this this hate me harder song was giving me like what was that track on the Miley Cyrus album like near the end of the album where it's kind of like more stripped down and it was just her voice mm. like more they have very different voices but I, more songs that showcase it's very the cool. specific character of somebody's voice I fucking love it in these albums I can't get enough of it yeah especially for people who are known for that production on their voices to just be like amen. Take it, take it all away, or or even like that T Pain um, covers album, yes. where it's just like, oh, this is just fucking good, and like they're it, all of this over overproduction that people call it, that you might call it, is a choice, an artistic choice, and not hiding exactly. something. I I do maintain that that T Pain covers album should have been called. Oh shit, T Pain can sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Arnie, what's it, What's the verdict? Well, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Oh, no. The bad news, it is, it is not the same chords. 
Okay. Okay. But the, is it the same intervals? The melody is identical. <laughs> I did not know that. But literally, she's going, and it might even be in the same key. Uh, no, it's not. It's wow. a, it's a key lower. But that's the same melody for both of them. Um, and the chords so that funny. go underneath it are a little bit different. I think Kesha's personally are a lot cooler. But I mean, there's only twelve notes in the scale if we're using Western yeah. music theory. Um, and um, and so it happens, but it is <laughs> suspiciously identical. I will it's, say it, it's exactly like even jarring. It, it is the I, same. I, I, thing yeah here's here, here's what i'll say kesha may have another lawsuit on her <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's very funny i also love the idea of stealing a melody from a will ferrell eurovision movie like that is <laughs> to be fair like, like like wow talk about like no one saw it i'm sure so we don't know we don't know that Rick Rubin didn't produce all of those. I songs, I looked actually. it up because I was like, oh, okay. who worked on this song? Who worked on that song? There was no, as far as I could tell, there was no crossover. Cause I was like, this is the same fucking thing. It is the same fucking wow. thing, Johnny. You are correct. The chords are different. The melody completely identical. Literally, <laughs> if you laid them over each other, it would sound the same. Um, That's and- like a, what, what is that? That, that Cat Stevens, father and son and, uh, uh, what's the radio? Not Radiohead. The other band, uh, the other Fight band Test. That's not Radiohead. Uh, Yoshimi battles the pink robot. What? What album oh, is that? Um, Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips. No. That. that yeah. Isn't I it? I truly have is, no idea what you guys are talking about. Do you need on, me to listen on. to two songs again and tell you if they have the same melody? Because that is kind of what I seem to be doing on this show. There, there's a There's a song called Father and Son by Cat Stevens, which I is a very famous one, yeah. song. Uh, and there's a song called Fight Test by the Flaming Lips. It's on, I think it's on that album, uh, the Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robot. And Cat Stevens sued the Flaming Lips guy because it's like, this is my melody. This is the melody from Father and Son. Father and Son, a bigger song than that Eurovision song. Like, it's very noticeable. And that they settled that. And like Cat Stevens now gets like 75% of any money that that song makes. So it's like the president, by the way, is there in the court system. <laughs> like, it's It's there. And I would like to take this very moment to reveal that I have stolen the Bill Buds theme from a 1972 TV show about cars. Is that true? No, of course not. I'm not going to I would not be surprised. <laughs> about cars. That would have been awesome. <laughs> a show about it's cars. a car show, and I knew no one who liked a car show would listen to your podcast. Well, Arnie, hearing that makes me happy, so I would love to play the final track, track 13. This is a little track called Happy. Produced by Pharrell. Very funny, Judge. Is it? Very good. No, fuck you. <laughs> Piece of shit. These egos, some people playing with my innocence. I got a casino. I refuse to be jaded. Still painting rainbows all over my face. Oh, I've gotten used to the fall. Fall. So many things I'd change, but I can't. There's so many things I said that I wish I left unsaid. Time's passing me by, gotta just laugh so I don't die.
is a little bit of happy. It's a lot of bit of happy. I had to hear that chorus. Yeah, I love yeah. that fucking An incredible chorus. chorus. <sighs> ah, man. <sighs> this song, I'll say this before we get into the song. This song, the intro is by Oberdan Zell. And the only thing that I looked up about this man is that he describes himself as a wizard. It's so, <laughs> you are. Oh my gosh. Cash is, Cash is into a lot of like new age spirituality stuff. So I fi- I figured that's you know part of it. Johnny, <laughs> never uh, never never mind. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. It's okay. 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 So we're gonna get there. And yeah. so uh, all, all I know about these, this man being a wizard is that Kesha and I are reading very different <laughs> books. That's, that's that's all I can say about that. <laughs> I love the idea of meeting a guy. He's 80 or something, right? He's really super old. Yeah, he's, he's old, like, old. He's like, I'm a wizard. And she's like, great, you're on my album now. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's cool. I'm excited to hear the the, the expanded edition bonus tracks with Vermin Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Vermin I, don't, Supreme. I don't know anything about this part of Kesha's life, but I guess she did a podcast like re- relatively recently. I think it was called Kesha and the Creepies, and she was like exploring spirituality. And I think she inter- she met this guy interviewing him for her podcasts about like new age spirituality stuff. So that, I, that's all I know. That makes me nervous because Demi Lovato was on that weird QAnon, you know, like the the yeah the, the spirituality yeah. to to QAnon pipeline is. Oh, yeah. It's short. I mean, we absolutely could get there. The next album could be called something like Take It Back or whatever. (laughs) The next album is called Save the Children. (laughs) And we're like, oh, no, Kesha, no. (laughs) January 6th, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, First of all, the speculation, but I don't think any of that is going on with Kesha. I don't know, though. I don't know. There's still Um, time. Something yep. I like. So you write about the the change in pace of the album with the last song too, right? So even though the song is called "Hate Me Harder," the idea of the chorus is if hating me lets you love yourself, hate me harder, right? So it's like a it's yeah. like the whole point is love yourself more by hating me, you know. So yes. she's saying I can take it if it makes you better, and this is sort of like a once again, it's much more hopeful than expected, and. Johnny, I, I'm curious what you had your revelation about, um, because I was going to say something about how this also has a stolen musical bit, but oh, I wasn't what sure. What is it? It was not. What, what is it? Okay, so I don't know if it's stolen, but uh, if you ask, what, what the most what the most famous sort of like producer musiciany Beatles song is is a day in the life. It's at the end of. Um, Rubber Soul, I think, or maybe it's Revolver. I never uh, it's remember. Sergeant which. Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. Thank you. It's one of those three because those are the three albums I bought when I was a kid. Um, but at the end of it, uh, it's this sort of famous song where they mashed. John wrote a song and Paul wrote a song and they mashed them together to make a day in the life. And it's widely regarded as like this insanely difficult, brilliantly produced piece. And it has this famous or very iconic piano part in it, which just goes dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun, and it has the exact same piano sound in this one too, where it does that exact the, same. Interesting. Is it the same notes and the same melody, or just the same like? It's the same notes. It's probably in a different key, but it is clearly, to my ear, it is obviously identical to that. That's that's super interesting because I didn't notice that. Yeah, listen. To, I mean, a, if we listen to it again, you'd hear it. Um, um, it's right in between the right before the huh. chorus comes in. Uh. There's this very specific dun 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 that would go into mm, I read the news, the news today. today. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So see if you can hear it next time you listen. Or if I we will. listen now.
This song, too, is like it's a great last song on the album. It's basically like Kesha kind of telling her life story in a way, you know, and processing her pain in this way that's like not wishing that she lived a different life, but like accepting the life that she's living and trying to figure out a way to be happy with it. Right. Like if you'd ask me now and what I love about this is like she's she's not coming. The song's called Happy. She says happy at the end of the first chorus, but then you don't hear happy anymore in the song. Yeah, the rest of it. And it's just like, yeah, you're 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 led to believe that she's like trying to find the way to pick up the pieces and be happy. And I I th- this song is a fucking excellent progression too. I I, I and then again, another great song on this album. Yep. Uh, and a, a a fucking phenomenal end to the album too. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. strong sense of finality, really beautiful, simple lines, like very glorious chorus, really strong out. I, I don't know. Yeah, this anyone who says the back half of the album had bad production just didn't make it to this song, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> this song alone such, such amazing production in the whole thing, front to back, to me, at least. And then it's very jarring when you're listening on Spotify and it goes right into an old Kesha track. Um, <laughs> that's something I did. You know, you, song you finishes. were you were given given Spotify. Everything about using Spotify fucking sucks. Uh-huh. I hate every decision that they make, uh-huh. and that is one that bothers me so much more. That's one of the things that bothers me most about using Spotify. Yeah, it just auto continued into you, something I didn't want. You to got it. You got to click the little button that just replays the album over again. That's the only way to do it. The oh. only way to do it is to listen to the album. At the start, and you go, oh, I've already heard this track. And then you can turn it off. Oh, wow. The you other day, going into TikTok after this. The other day, I was riding my bike. I was like halfway through an album before I, before I got on my bike. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to queue up another album after this. Yeah. So sure. I put add to playlist or add to up next or whatever it's called. It fucking adds it to, into the playlist after the current song. Oh. And I was like, I still have like so three listen. more tracks on this other album. <laughs> so then I I moved those three tracks up in the list. It like played them. No, it played one, then went back to the new songs. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to delete the other songs off of here and we'll get we'll just play this. And then it played the first song off the new songs and then went back to the old album. It's it's <laughs> it's fucking unusable. And then I was like, can I just clear this list and start over? There's no obvious way to clear the list of what's playing next. Wow. Well, I hope th- I hope they read this. <laughs> A Bill Buds fan uh, told me about private sessions. And yeah. I started doing it. But private sessions are really easy to do on the desktop. On the fucking phone app, it's impossible. You have to go into settings, account, start private set. It's like, fuck you. Just give me a button that hides my fucking, doesn't fuck up my playlist, please. (sighs) Well, that's our review of Spotify, uh, the app. (laughs) Does not make it out of the top 100. But we have to do a review of the album Gag Order by Kesha. Arnie, we'll start with you. You know how this works. Yeah. Uh, we, we keep a running list of our guests' top 100. So would you recommend this album to people? And is it going to go on your top 100 albums of all time? I have recommended this album to so many people. I have recommended it to you. You Us have included. recommended it to Johnny. Yes, yeah, yeah. And like several other people who have texted me like, hey, what are you listening to lately? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me. Put this album <laughs> in your headphones and then get back to me. 
I don't have time to deal with people who haven't listened to this. I'm a changed man. Uh, I think this album is very powerful. It speaks to me creatively as a musician. It, it, it resonates specifically in a, in a lot of areas that I feel some anxiety about. And I Just think wait it's, until you're a cat owner. <gasps> yeah, I can't even deal with that. Um, but uh, it, 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 it speaks to me on a lot of levels. I think it's one of the most beautifully produced albums I've ever heard. It's like walking through a garden. It's lush. It's gorgeous. Um, uh, this definitely goes in my top 100. Um, and I would wow. say probably, honestly, somewhere in the 40s. It's top 50 even. Okay. I don't know. If you had to give it a specific number, forty-five. You gotta give it a number. You got It's the hardest part of our job. Forty-five. Just like and you were telling me I this so. off mic, your favorite president, correct? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have said a lot of bad things about him, but personally, sure. he's done some good stuff for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Catch the bad rap, but he's been real good to me. <laughs> he's been um, real good to me. Can I? Can I give you a little insight? Yeah. Yeah. You've been on this show twice before. Yeah. Yes. Once was for your own album. You didn't put that on the list. Uh, the other was for Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess where you put that? You did put it on the top 100. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I still, I may, I may maintain that. Um, I don't know. Album. 40? You, you had it at 47. Wow. And I was yeah. really wow. hoping that you would put Gag Order at 47 oh, as well. That's amazing. This is <laughs> yeah. Arnie's 40s are like our 90s. <laughs> I, <laughs> the dangerous I mean, territory. both these albums are top albums. I mean, like, those yeah. are astonishing albums to me. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of that and I'm happy with that. And I'm the, I think first guest, I'm the first guest to be able to actually put two albums on the list. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Play your cards right. You could. You could take up a lot of real estate on this list. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to write this down Johnny, now. 46, we... is that taken? 46 uh, is not yeah, taken. 46. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Next time you come to the show, bring us your 46th favorite album of all time, and you'll be uh, <laughs> yeah. in his reign. Johnny, we, we go to you. Recommendation and do you think this is going on your top 100? It, it, I absolutely recommend it. This was a phenomenal – I had a phenomenal time listening to this. Um that's that's it. It was it was fantastic. I mm-hmm. I um I don't think I'll put it in my top one hundred, but I do think that like had I had more time with it, uh, it definitely could have. And if we ever sort of revisit our our lists, I could see it making its way there. Um, it also sure. makes me want to listen to other Kesha, even though part of the stuff that she sung about was like. I had a shitty experience making all of this, but yeah, you you know, I'm I think excited that that for what message, she does next. Exactly, I, I and I I I kind of think to a certain extent that message is is more for like the people that fucked with Kesha's life and less for the yeah, fans, absolutely. Because I think the one people that like at least the fans that stuck by her side and not the fans that like called her a liar and shit like that. But I I think that those are the people that she makes music for in general. Um, are, are the people that you know, stuck with her and are interested in her and, and want her to be better or want her to, yeah, to, to, to live a happy life. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I was never a, a Kesha fan, but this album definitely made me be like, damn, I slept on Kesha. Like I, I do need to be fucking listening to Kesha. I love this album. I absolutely recommend this album. I am so absolutely fucked with my top 100 because 
I know what my I I know where this would go, and I know what that 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 place in my top 100 looks like, and it, I might just be like out of space. But here's the thing, I am putting this on my top 100 albums of all time. Woo! It's I know it's early days, but I fucking loved this album. It was it it felt like listening to Plastic Hearts, and I was like, oh, I'm hearing Miley Cyrus in a completely different way, and I fucking love it. This was me hearing TikTok and the Florida song. In all of the Kesha that I knew, in a completely different context, and I was falling in love with her voice. Her voice is so, it's so fuck. I I I will I will listen to this album again. I'm actually like, I'm gonna go cook dinner after this. I'm excited to go put this on in the kitchen. I'm yep, excited to listen to this more. Yeah. I'm excited to go pull clips for this in the edit because I'll get to listen to these songs again. Like this is a good fucking mm-hmm. album. It's a great Johnny. Album. Oh my god, where do I want to put this? I gotta put this. I think. I want to put this in my 80s, Johnny, but I think my 80s are even worse than my 90s. Uh, I, I'll say I'll say 84. That's taken. It's taken. I know it 84 is. 84 is free. 84 is free, and I feel free. I feel free because 84 is Kesha's gag order. Thank God. Um, oh wow, that was that was more stressful than the synth on this album for me. Do you, do you want me to give you a little insight into? What you've got going on in this area, please, please or do you not know, want it? I'm looking. No, I'll, let me know because I'm looking at yours, Johnny, and it is fucked. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Here on up to a hundred, you got a lot of room to to stretch out there. I'll tell you that. Wow, do I really? We must like, have very different lists, Johnny, because I'm looking at your 80 to 100, and you have three spots left. Wow. You have a lot of spots. Okay. 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 Well, hey, I'm happy to have this Kesha. I'm happy to have this Kesha album on it. I also think that it could be higher. I only listened to this for like a, a week, you know, and I loved it. But I have not had a reaction to an album that has been brought to the show in this way in a long time. But this one, this one, there was no songs on it that I didn't like. And even the ones that were like yeah. interludes, they were only a minute long and they were like kind of funny. They were, they fit the, they fit the album, you know, thematically. But yeah, man, this, 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 this one's great. Arnie, thank you very much for bringing it to our attention. I'm so happy. And thank to. you for being a Bill Bud again. A, a Bill Bud for this, to the second degree. I gotta we ask gotta Arnie. shout out Claire Parrott because Claire Parrott actually brought yeah. it to me. And um, she loves hearing her name at the beginning of the show, show. and I have to imagine she loves hearing it at the end of the show. She would be a great (laughs) guest. She's really busy on account of having, like, a real job, but, uh, you know. Well, hey, we also just got an email from Johnny's sister being like, you cowards won't have me on the show. So there's a lot of sisters out here in the world that want to be on this show that can't. (laughs) Uh, Arnie, Arnie, where where can people find you? What do you have going on? What would you like to plug? Uh, Um, What's up, what's up, what's up? I'm on uh, Twitter's house site at Arnie Parrot. Um, I'm all over uh, the internet on a bunch of podcast themes. You can check those out. You can look at my website, atptunes.com, if you'd like to commission your own Arnie Parrot banger. Results not guaranteed. Um, and also in all of July and August, I'll be doing the Bristol Renaissance Festival. My name on the schedule is Arnie Parrot. You can look me up and come see some of my sarcastic, blasphemous nerd music solo shows. Who knows? Maybe one day JPC will be there. A fan won't recognize him and say hello to me and mm. say they were a big fan of Campaign and uh, standing while standing directly <laughs> next to JPC, who's just sort of minding his own business. 
Honestly, the Bristol Ren Fair is a very, very cool time. If you've never been and you live in the area, it's I absolutely recommend it. A big recommendation. It's it's very, very cool there. Get a big turkey leg. Walk around. Have a beer. I the, I say it every year. This is the year that I'm actually going to go. You're going to come up, Johnny. I'm going to Johnny. Put you let a, me know. I'll, I'll come yeah. with you. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's a fun it. time. Yeah, uh, Johnny. Anything that you would like to plug? You. When does this episode come out? The nineteenth of June. Uh, yes, <laughs> September. <laughs> yeah, we're doing our. I, did, I didn't know if now. we were like super far ahead. <laughs> you um, know, this is this is June. Have... Yeah, this is this month. Wait, the nineteenth, the eighteenth. It must be the nineteenth. Yep. No, it's the nineteenth. It's nineteenth. I'm sorry. It's the nineteenth. Uh, nope, said. nothing to plug. You should, <laughs> you should have come to Doom Scroll at IO. Oh yeah, Doom Scroll. <laughs> last week was the last week. If you didn't come, you missed it. You didn't heed my plugs. Uh, and happy Juneteenth to anyone that gets work off today. That that's cool. If you work for a cool company that gives Juneteenth off, happy Juneteenth. Uh, I guess we missed Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. That was yesterday. Uh, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Getting really actually taking a look at the calendar, realizing I haven't done a lot of uh, plugging things. Um, and it, not this Saturday because this Saturday Johnny and I are uh, hanging out at the the Doughboy Show. I guess if you're going to be at the Doughboy Show in Chicago, come say hi to Johnny and I. Wait, what? You guys are going to be at Doughboys? The line will be a lot shorter to see us. <laughs> yeah, we'll be. Most we're Saturday not seeing nights. the show. We're hanging out outside the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. That makes sense. We're, we're setting up a Bill Bud's merch table. Uh, most Saturday nights, I'm at <laughs> IO at 8 p.m. Uh, and playing in World News. So come out and see World News. But again, don't see it on Saturday the 24th. I, I simply won't be there. Uh, but I would love to see you there. And if you do come to the show, come and say hi to me afterwards at the bar. And I think that's about if you're, it, so I will... Oh, if you're going to be at Fallout Boy on the 21st at Wrigley Field, I'll be there <laughs> with our with the Bill Buds merch table. I like how plugs aren't like us plugging stuff that we're doing. It's just <laughs> it's like places where we will be where you can find us. I'm... Yeah. I'm also... Uh, I'm watching my friend's cat that week. <laughs> okay. So okay. if you're at my friend's apartment, I'll be there. This is all And good if you see us out in the wild... Please make sure you tell us to get your fucking hat. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the feeling loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, them bill bus. Them real ones, them good girls, them bill bus.